So you've probably seen um, clearly already until now as we've worked through these Matmonim um, learning sessions that each one is really just, just notes for a much longer shear on each, each one of them without exception. We should have an, a shear of at least an hour. Um, and these are just the highlights. These are, these are just the notes. Uh, today's is, is an example of one that I will be giving a shear of probably well over an hour on. But we'll just have a chance to, to have a look at the, uh, at, at the highlights. But certainly you can, as, and I put out yesterday on the Matmanim group, how, how to use it for various different levels of, of learning. Um, it's certainly something, depending on what opportunities and time you have. Philip, you were talking about kind of spending the entire day on, on the, on the Matmanim, which is what I would love to do. Each morning I think to myself, wow, if I could just spend the entire day on this, on this piece, that, that would be amazing. Um, so that there's, there's, there's no limit as to how much time we can. So today we have an, a, an interesting idea about, about truth. How many different truths can there be? How many different truths are there? Um, and it's based on the Gemara. You've got everything in the sources. We won't be able to go through much of it because of time. Uh, but it's a machloket, Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai, about whether you say very interesting, beautiful machloket between Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai, whether you say Borei Priyagafen before the Kiddush or the Kiddush before the Borei Priyagafen. It's a machloket not only in Pesach but in all Kiddush. Um, and then the Gemara comes to the end and says, Vahalacha kedivrei Beis Hillel. And the halacha is like Beis Hillel. Um, asks the Gemara, Vahalachet kedivrei Beit Hillel, pshita? Why do you have to tell me that the halacha is like Beit Hillel? We know that already. The Hanafik Batkol, because we've already had a Batkol, which is the next piece of Gemara that I quote, which is an Erevin Dafyu Gimel. Omer Rabbi Abba Omer Shmuel, Shalosh Shanim Nechdeku Beit Shammai Beit Hillel. For three years, Beit Hillel and Beit Shammai argued. Halalu Amrim Halachet Kumotenu, Valalu Amrim Halachet Kumotenu. They didn't, they argued for much more than three years about various different issues that we have in the Mishnah and then the Bryces, but they argued about who the halacha should be like. They, they, they understood that there are two different views. Who should the halacha be like? Eventually, Yatz'ah Batko of Amra, a heavenly voice came out and said, Eilu ve'elu divrei chayim hen, they're both words of Hashem, both approaches, they're just two different approaches that lead you to different conclusions, and both approaches are valid. However, halacha ke beisilo, the halacha is like beisilo. If they're both equally valid, why, why Beit Hillel? What was special about them? And this is the famous uh, Gemara that you've probably heard. Because they were, they were nice people. Just because they were nice people. Isn't that unbelievable? That the halocha is fixed like them. They were just pleasant people to be around. Um, and they were humble. That, those were the two things. That's why Halach is like them. You know, Halach is like them. Shammai, Beit Shammai was brighter. That's why there's a Havamina that, that it should be like Beit Shammai. They were Harifin. They were very, very sharp in their learning. And that's why we thought maybe even, they were, even though there were more Beit Hillel than there was Beit Shammai, maybe we should go by the ones whose Lomdus is amazing. No, we go like Beit Hillel. Why? Because they're nice people and they're modest and they're humble people. That's why we pass on Halach like them. Of course, they have to be confident as well. You can't just... Paskin halacha, like a nice person, is an amoritz. We're talking about two equally, equally uh, competent authorities, and they will go like the ones who are nicer, nicer people. Um, it, it, it's quite interesting that it, it took me a long. There were lots of things when I got to, to the United States. It was a, lo, a lot of things that took me a long time to learn about the culture there. One of the things is that in business and in politics, the value of niceness, 
that people do business with nice people. And if they don't enjoy being hanging out with you, they don't enjoy, they don't want to do, even if your price is lower and you've got a better thing, you think it's all just about, the, it's not. It's about relationships and it's about how pleasant it is to be around you. Uh, they learn the Beishamai as well. They, when in their yeshivas, they don't only learn Beishil, they learn Beishamai as well. That's their, that's their humility. And on the contrary, they recognized that Beishamai was smarter than them, was sharper than them, and they would always put Beishamai first. They weren't intimidated by Beishamai, they weren't afraid to disagree, but they gave full honor and respect to the words of, of Beishamai. So Artosphus then asks a question and says, We have a famous Gemara in Bova Metziah Daphnuntes, also in the sources, which is the Tanur Shel Achnoi, a particular kind of oven that was made up of different rings placed on top of each other and they could come to pieces and questions now about Tuma and how it all works and there was a major Machloket. Um, and that time, the, at that period, Heshiv Rabbi Eliezer called Shuvotche Ba'olam Velo Kiblu Himin. Rabbi Eliezer gave all sorts of Lomdisha reasons why he was right and the Chachomim didn't accept. And then there's the famous story, Omarim Halacha Kimuti, he said, if the Halacha is like me, this carob tree should prove it. And the carob tree jumped and moved to another place in front of their eyes. And they said, you can't bring proof from carob trees. What's wrong with you, Rabbi Eliezer? Is that where we've come to? That you can't argue yourself, you've got to bring a raya from a, a carob tree? It's ridiculous. So he says, all right, then if that's, so let, let this water, let the stream prove it. So the stream turns around and goes upstream. <laughs> they said, well, yeah, we told you you don't bring rayas from carob trees, so you bring a raya from a river. It doesn't help. Then he says, let the walls of this base hamedrish prove. He thought he'd intimidate them. So the walls started collapsing. Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yeshua got up and turned to the walls and shook his finger at them and he shouted at them and he said, What are you getting involved for? Isn't that an amazing story? Yeshua's standing, talking to the walls. What are you getting involved for? We're having a debate. We're having a discussion. It's none of your business to get involved. They wouldn't go back upright because of the honor of Rabbi Yeshua. They wouldn't go carry on down because of the honor of Rabbi Yeshua. They wouldn't carry on because of Rabbi Yeshua. So till this day, and wherever, whenever it was, you could go to that base of Medrash and you would see the walls are all slanted in. Rabbi Yeshua is getting really upset and he says, You know I'm right. Tell them. So a baskal came out, the Rebbeinu came and said to the Beis HaMedrash, what are you arguing with Rabbi Yezir? You know that Allah is always like him. Omod Rabbi Yeshua, Raglav Omos, Rabbi Yeshua gets up just as he got angry with the walls, this time he gets angry with the Rebbeinu Shalom. And he says, you keep out of it. Rebbeinu Shalom, keep out of it. We're busy working things out. Why? This goes back to last Thursday night's parashish year. The Rebbein Shalom has handed over the keys to us. You can't hand over the keys and still keep control. That's called micromanagement. You can't run an organization like that. You can't run the world like that. At Sinai, you gave us the keys. We're driving. And Rebbein Shalom, you sit at the back and no backseat driving. Because that's the deal that we made with you.
so asks Tosfos, so you see, there we don't listen to the Baskel. And here, all of a sudden, we've got respect for the Baskel. Why, why do we have to say halachas like the, like Beisilil? So, we know that halachas like Beisilil. And the Gemara answers, This might be going like Rabbi Yeshua, who says, you don't listen to a Baskel. So, uh, so ask, asks Tosfos, why there do we? And, and here the Gemara is concerned. We've got a baskel. How, why do we need to tell us that halacha is like Beisidl? You see that a baskel is not important. A heavenly voice doesn't determine halacha. So Tosfos answers that there Beisidl is the, in the majority. Here Beisidl is in the majority. And Beishamai is mechad ditfei. Beishamai is sharper. So they both have an, an, an advantage. The, the rov is Beis Hillel and, and Beis Shammai are, are sharper. But there, Rabbi Lezer wanted to go against the Chachomim, against the majority, and that they wouldn't let the Batkol do. So where you've got an equal weighting Beis Hillel and Beis Shammai, this one's a rov and this one's a Kharif, we're not sure which one we should go to. A Batkol comes and says, Allah is like Beis Hillel, it resolves a dilemma for us. But in the case of Rabbi Lezer, there was no dilemma. Because Achrei Rabim Lahatos, you've got to follow the majority. So they weren't in any kind of dilemma. This was absolutely clear. This was for absolute certain as to, as to what it needed to be. In such a case, we're not going to let the Baskal interfere and tell us what to do. So now you have an, a, an understanding of the, the truth as the Rebbeinu Shalom has it, and the truth as we have it, and they're not aligned. It's true, the Rebbeinu Shalom then comes and he gets behind our truth. But you've got actually, you've got two truths. And we see that idea right in the in, in the Bereshis Rabbah in the very beginning, in Pasha Ches of Bereshis Rabbah, where there's the story of all the, the angels got into groups. The group of Chesed said that we shouldn't create man, we should create man because he'll do Chesed. Emes says, how can you create human beings? They're full of lies. Tzedek says they do Tzedakah. Sholem says, but they have Machlekes. So there's an argument, it's two against two. And how do you resolve this? So the Rebbeinu took Emes and he threw it out to the land. Now, you, now it's two against one, because Emes is out of the picture. So now he goes by a majority. Quite, quite autocratic. Um, so they asked, How can you take Emes of all things? Emes, which is your, your sign. That's your stamp. And you throw Emes out. Says the Rebbeinu to them, Tyler Emes Minoritz, let Emes come from them, not from us. What an unbelievable message. So I say, we need hours, not even an hour on this. We need hours on this. Let Emes come from them. And the Ktsos HaChoshin bases his Akdoma to the Ktsos HaChoshin on that Medrash. Ktsos HaChoshin, Rebbe Leib Heller from the 18th century, Ktsos HaChoshin is the codified methodology of Lomdes. It's how to learn on a deep, complex level. Uh, his, his Sefer became the, the kind of primary textbook of yeshivas and Talmidei Chachomim, the Ktsos HaChoshen on Choshen Mishpat. That's what one has to learn if one wants to develop. It's difficult learning, but it trains the mind into how to think Talmudically and how to analyze and how to operate Talmudically. And the... Um, there were, there were three really important Sforim on Choshen Mishpat written that all did that. There was the Ktsos HaChoshen, there was the Nesivus HaMishpat, who was a friend of the Ktsos HaChoshen, they argued a lot backwards and forwards. And there was the Urim Vatumim, Rabbi Yonis and Eibish, it's all around that time, and they created these three classical works that teach you how to understand Shulchan Aruch and how to understand 
Gemara. Without it, it's very difficult to get the methodology. It's not that they're a parish on Shulchan Aruch. You can understand Shulchan Aruch without them. It's, it's to learn. To know. You can't learn how to learn without them, without the Ketzei Sacheshen. When I was bar mitzvah, uh, it was a friend of our family that asked my father what he should get me for a bar mitzvah present, and my father said, and I never understood why. There was one edition left in Johannesburg. The poor man had to search and search and search. Eventually, he found the last edition in the 1960s, early 1960s. He was learning in, in Johannesburg. There was one edition. He found it, and I've got it till this day. And, and I never used that book. I was a 13-year-old kid. I, how can I learn Ketzei I didn't use it until 20 years later. And I always wondered, of all the things, a man asks, what to, what to give your son? You know, I'd say, give me a tape recorder, which I wanted desperately at that time. Give me a new watch, which I would, which I would have loved. Ketzei what am I going to do with it? But it always taught me until this day, and that's why I keep this volume, although it's an old one, I keep it because it shows me how my father was giving me a message of this is something really important. The Ketzei is something you've got to know, something you've got to learn. Um, and the, the Nesivas and the Ketzei had an interesting conversation. The Nesivas said, I think my Sefer is as good as yours, but they learn yours and Yeshiva is not mine. Why? The Ketzei says, you're right. Yours is better than mine. But I'll tell you the difference. Tell me what you do every morning. He says, the Nesivas, I get up and I write. He says, where do you start writing? He says, where I left off yesterday. I'm going to the next piece. He says, that's the reason. Every morning when I get up, I review what I wrote yesterday and I rewrite it. And I rewrite it seven times before I let it go to publication. Making sure that it's something that can be understood. I'm writing for the reader, not just writing my own lambdas. That was the Ketzei And that doesn't make it any easier. In fact, I think I find the Nesivas easier to learn than the Ketzei but, the, um, but that's how the Ketzei answered the question. Anyway, the Ketzei has a beautiful Hakdoma which we should also one day learn, spend a couple of hours on just learning the Agdom of the Ketzei Sachoshin because of what it does. But it's built on this, mission, on this Medrash, where the Ketzei Sachoshin explains how the way we reason using the Lomdas, the conclusions that the Chachomim get to, that becomes the reality, not only for our souls, back to Thursday night cheer, not only our own reality, but it's the reality by which Hashem governs the world. He doesn't govern the world by the reality as seen through his, through his own personal lens.